I'm Scott Paul, and this is the Manufacturing Report. Happiest I've been, I said, as sick as this might sound, is when sweat is pouring off me. The 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 sparks are flying next to to, to, to me, and I'm in there getting fixed whatever's broken. That's what I was put on the serve for. Don Jackson's family has a long history in steel. Both his father and grandfather were proud Pittsburgh steelworkers. So when it came time for Don to enter the workforce as a young man, he wanted nothing more than to follow the family tradition. But it took 35 long years before he could realize this dream. Here's Don's conversation with AAM's Cat Adams about his family's steel legacy, his decades-long search for work in the mill, and why keeping it made in America means so much to him. Coming up next on the Manufacturing Report. How did you get into manufacturing? It was born in me. I was born and raised um, in the Arlington section of Pittsburgh. Um, my dad did it, my grandfather did it, and for the longest time, I had many different jobs out of high school. And that wasn't by choice because we were vocational and by the time I graduated, which was June of 1983, the mills that were about 14 blocks away were gone. They were nothing but just standing. They were empty. There was no, there was no no life in them, and there was a lot still at 1983. A lot of people wandering around every day looking for jobs, wondering where. Yeah, what does that do for a community when when it, a mill shuts down? It was devastating. Carson Street, which is the main street through the south side of Pittsburgh, um, it is it's re it's reborn. It's like uh, Pittsburgh's version of Bourbon Street. Uh, there are a lot of bars, a lot of restaurants. There's a lot of activity that came back, but everything that was there is gone. Um, the bars and restaurants replaced places like um, Lando's Drug, uh, Brown and Green's men, men's stores. There was at least two or three clothing stores on, on Carson Street. In each community up in Arlington, we had a TV repair, a dentist, a movie theater, um, a butcher, several um, uh, food stores. There was a hardware store. Each community was its own little town. It was it was self self sufficient. Then the mills went went down, and that money just dried dried up. But you were able to find a position after that. It took me thirty five years before I finally got into the job yeah. that I wanted. Um, I got into steel in May of 2001. That's after graduating in 1983. And so it was just finding a mill that was still operating and, and needed a lot of people. I drove 31 miles one, one way, 62 miles a, a day. I did that for 11 and a half years. Then I got into US Steel, yeah. which um, my distance was cut in half. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> Makes a difference. I'm at work in 20 minutes. So why did you want that steel job so much that you were willing to drive so far to make it happen? It's been a passion since I was, ever since I was a boy. And you see people do it when they take tours. People are mesmerized by molten metal. Mm -hmm. 
If we was to take you through a tour of our bop, as soon as you would see the molten metal, you're mesmerized. I have no idea why, <laughs> but people are. They'll see something glowing. If they're on a tour, they see something glowing, they will stretch their neck to try to see <laughs> where that glow is coming from. I have no idea why. So you've been working in steel again, 2001. Over that course of time, you've seen probably a lot of changes with, within the community, fluctuation maybe with, with trade, the, the mill doing really well, maybe less well. Um, where where is the community right now? Your your mill is it, is it doing well? Our mill is holding its own, and the U.S. Steel's Mon Valley Works, out of the entire global corporation, we consistently make money quarter in and quarter out. We're the only one in the entire U.S. Steel that does that. We are consistently the low cost producer, therefore we make money. They'll idle other blast furnaces to keep ours hours running. Why is it so important to have steel in America? First and foremost, this, the, in World War II, World War I, Korea, Vietnam, Gulf War, Afghanistan, the soldiers, the sailors, they were the ones that went and fought, but they fought on equipment that men and women like me made. Without people like, like, like myself and my other union brothers and sisters, we're vulnerable. And if we have to rely on somebody like China to get the steel to make our next aircraft carrier, does it really make sense? Look what China did with the Bay Bridge. You really want that protecting our country. When when people talk about the tariffs, oftentimes they're worried about downstream impacts, um, how other industries will be impacted by a higher cost of steel and aluminum. Um, but they're not in the, the steel industry, so they're not aware of all of the ramifications of the tariffs. How would you respond to someone who's saying, hey, you know, we're worried about a higher cost of steel? What's the response? It's, it's quality over quantity. Sure, you're gonna get more out of China for less, but you're gonna keep getting it because it's not gonna last. Your farming machinery, if you want good quality farming machinery, if the steel didn't come from not just a US steel plant, but an American made steel, steel plant, you're buying less quality mm -hmm. and chances are, are, are good it's not going to hold up nearly as long we invented the process here we perfected the process here Pittsburgh is where it all started and it Pittsburgh is the reason why I have a picture somewhere my grandfather he has a badge on him I asked my dad what is that badge he said if you didn't have that badge on during World War II you are not getting in the mill. That's how they identified who was supposed to be in the mill and kept the JNL steelworks in Pittsburgh safe from sabotage. How can we make sure that we're getting youth into manufacturing and interested um, in pursuing those careers? Because they're great paying jobs, great benefits, right? This is a livelihood that they can earn that they might not otherwise have access to. How can we make sure that kids are aware of this opportunity and, and feel you know, encouraged to enter it? 
put vocational technical school or shop classes back as a priority in middle school and high school. I had my first shop class when I was at Prospect Middle Grade Center, and that was in sixth grade. Wow. I don't even know if they if kids know what a shop class is in sixth grade. I'm not being sar sar sarcastic. I honestly don't know. When you take that aspect away, the trades away from ch children, to tell them, look, you're you're going to college. What about kids like me? I had no interest in college. I tried college. My dad said, you were in college. You did great. And I told him, I said, I, I hated it. I hated it. It was, I'm not suit and tie. Let me get my hands dirty, put a wrench on my hand, say, see that? It's broke. Go fix it. I'm happy. And I told him, I said, the happiest I've been, I said, as sick as this might sound, is when sweat is pouring off me, the, the, the sparks are flying next to, 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 to me, and I'm in there getting fixed whatever's broken. That's what I was put on the surf for. What does your steel job mean to you? Obviously, this is something that you've loved you I know, do. for a long time. Yeah. Um, it's important. It really is. I, I provide a very good life for myself. I, I help my daughter. I help my daughter through college. Uh, my daughter is a single mother, and she has my granddaughter, Kinsley, who, and it helps me give her things that I want as a father, as a goal and a dream and a hope to be able to give her. And if she ever needs to come to me and say, Dad, can you help me out with, with, with this? Done. Mm -hmm. If I can't, then we sit down and figure it out. But one way or another, my job enables me to step up and be, I'll call it this, the safety net. Because she's, she's, she's able to do things for, for her herself. But if need, need be, I can sign up, I can get over, over time, we can take care of it. Don Jackson now works at U.S. Steel's Edgar Thompson Works, just outside Braddock, Pennsylvania. His job has enabled him to fulfill his dreams of following his father's footsteps and supporting his own family. And if you're interested in learning more about Don Jackson and other great steelworkers, please visit our website, AmericanManufacturing.org, and search for Faces of Steel. You'll find feature stories on Don and other workers who are keeping America strong. As always, I want to thank E18 and AAM for their great work to make this episode possible, and to you, the listeners, for engaging with us and giving us great episode ideas. You can find us online at AmericanManufacturing.org. You can reach us on Facebook, or you can connect with us on Twitter at KeepItMadeInUSA. I'm Scott Paul, and until next time, together we can keep it made in America.